Okay then, going on to the second verse. That woman, night after night, must sell her body for bread. This boy with the well-oiled hair and the innocence dead in his face must lubricate the obscene bodies of gross old men, and both must be merry all day, for thinking would make them mad. What will you say to them? Yes, well, this highlights a great social evil, which I certainly was conscious of it, of it existing here in the time that I was in India. And, of course, it exists I mean, in every country, practically. So this is a very extreme example of being forced to do something you don't want to do or would prefer not to do under any circumstances, but the economic pressure is such you've no way out. So this is a very sort of striking illustration of what happens and what people are forced into by their economic circumstances. So was prostitution in India very visible when you were travelling around? It wasn't very visible, I must say. But certainly one knew about it, one heard about it, well, one read about it sometimes. Sometimes there are articles in the papers about it. But of course, in some countries, it is rather open. It varies very much from one country to another. But of course, here I'm, I'm speaking of you know, prostitution as a result of the force of economic circumstances. And I know that there are feminists who take a view that a woman's body belongs to her and she's free to do with it as she wishes. But that's a different point altogether. Yes. Here I'm concerned with women who become prostitutes out of sheer economic necessity or who are trapped into prostitution in some way. When I came across that, you know, when I was in India, because one of my students started a course in social sciences at a Bombay University, and he said he came across quite a number of Nepalese girls who were prostitutes, and he was rather surprised. But then he found out what happened. He said the Nepalese girls were usually more light-coloured, so that was an attraction in itself. But he said what often happened was a Nepalese girl who found herself being a prostitute in Bombay, she might write to a friend you know, in Nepal, look, I've got a lovely job, I'm very happy with it, why don't you come and join me? Then the innocent girl goes and finds that the job she's been promised is that, and she can't retreat. She might even literally be imprisoned by the people who are running that racket. And of course, you're not just talking about women here, you're talking about boys as well. Yes, indeed, and well, that happens in India as well as elsewhere. And this line, and the innocent stared in his face. Yes, because if you are involved in something which is against your moral sense, well, you lose whatever innocence you had. People are innocent to begin with. What is precious about the innocence? What does that mean? Hmm... Well, there are two sorts of innocence. There's the innocence of ignorance, which is not necessarily a good thing, the childlike innocence, but the innocence which is of a person who is sort of naturally good, who doesn't have to make too much of an effort to be good. They're good by nature. And one knows people who are well known to be like that, yes? Both men and women. And then you say... Both, as in both men and women, must be merry all day, for thinking would make them mad. Yes. If you're in a situation that you 
have been pressured into. You don't really want to be in that. It's a very terrible thing to have to face, especially if you feel you're doing something that is wrong. You can't bear to think about it. You just have to pretend it's all right. Even pretend to just be merry. Huh? Forget your sorrows. Maybe even take to drink or drugs. Those things are also bound up with that way of life, or that way of death, as one might say. So then we have the question, what will you say to them? Yes. So we're going to hear later what he says, what the Bodhisattva says. 